0: Kia ora, I'm Shannon from Aotearoa. I'm the Youth Week director, which means I get to just hang out with awesome people, amplifying young people across Aotearoa. Youth Week is the 8th to 16th of May, and that's my busiest time.
1: Kia ora, and welcome to the Classification Office podcast. Today we are celebrating Youth Week 2021, which ran from the 8th to the 16th of May. I'm Caitlin, and I'm one of the Youth Facilitators here at the office. And I'm joined by my colleague Georgia, who is also a facilitator, Shannon from Taiohi, and Tyler from CCS Disability Action. We recorded this podcast during Youth Week, and we're really excited for you to listen in and let us know what you think. I would love to start with three things that you could ask young people when first meeting them. So where I'm getting at with this is that usually adults feel uncomfortable around young people if they don't hang out with them often or at all or they haven't since they were a young person and a lot of what they go to is hey what's your favorite subject at school and it's always so awkward because <laughs> young people I mean some of them will love school but the majority it's a thing that they have to do and you wouldn't exactly meet somebody and go what's the favorite thing about your job hmm. well at Christchurch they say what school did you go
2: to yeah that's very true because it essentially defines who you are socially. And people who live in Christchurch are actually very forthcoming about that concept of social status.
0: I would refrain then, isn't that something awesome that we get to do when we work with young people? We get to ask them something that they want to define about themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's often what I'll jump to. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Try and find a similarity in that. And one of my favorite things to ask is, oh, can you tell me a little bit about your name? Like, what's the story behind your name? Mm. Because sometimes there's just so much beauty behind that. So much pecado.
2: I think the biggest thing for how to engage with young people is how we question. It's really common to be like, hi, what's your name? Mm. And that's a real closed response of, my name's Tyler. End of conversation. Mm. Don't really want to talk as a young person. Don't know who you are, stranger. Why are you asking what my name is? So open questioning for us when we work with young people is really important, not only to keep that conversation flow, but actually getting to know one another a bit more mm. instead of close questioning, which can easily mm. respond with a moan or a grunt.
1: Something that we've journeyed with is our application form for when young people apply to be on our panel. And something that we worked on with the panel or an addition that we've put in is asking in the application, what pizza topping would someone be? I love reading that part because even if throughout the application you've kind of noticed that somebody's maybe struggled with the question that we've asked or they haven't really been able to shine their personality through in something that's written, that could be one takeaway where they're like, I'm an olive because I'm a bit unique and I'm not everybody's favourite but people do really love me. It's like a really cool insight into their life that you possibly don't get from, tell us about what your favourite hobbies are, because it doesn't really give you that personality. And I guess also what the whole idea
0: about engaging with young people is, is it's not transactional. We're in it for the long haul. And particularly the work that you've done alongside young people recognises that this is just the start of the journey that you're working together on. And so you could even use the information that a young person has offered to you freely and remind them that you feel quite grateful that they've given that information to you and bring it back up again in the next meeting, in the next time that you engage. Because a young person is a human first, right? And sometimes people think age defines us, but really it doesn't.
1: Only if we let it. (laughs) So everybody talks about lockdown. It's still kind of front of mind, especially front of mind for young people. We've still got a lot of anxiety around it, nerves. We're looking at it overseas. Australia's opened up. There's nerves in there, but there's excitement in there. It's a bit of a roller coaster. So the next question is: three takeaways about young people from 2020.
2: The demographic of young people they feel isolated already mm. and so to isolate more not only then created more anxiety around the whole process and time but also our learnings that we took away from that was around they're already feeling like this mm. and so how do we alleviate isolation when we come out of a lockdown period So really looking at how we can not only strengthen the community we work in, but actually look at collaborating more to all reach that goal of not having young people sit in isolation when they're not in isolation in terms of lockdown. It's really cool. So for us who work in the disability sector, it was refreshing to hear young people navigate that pathway of having shared experiences with abled people. And actually the education component around that was, well, we feel like this daily. We are living in isolation, so this is how we manage this situation and actually taking that and then sharing it amongst the sector to then alleviate a lot of the worry, concern, and anxiety that young people were experiencing.
1: That's amazing insight. I never thought about it like that. Georgia was somebody who thrived in lockdown. I did
3: love lockdown. It was really like an introvert's dream come true.
1: It was a struggle for us working at how we can continue to work with the panel.
3: Yeah. Because
1: we were so structured Mm. and how we'd set that up. And we were hesitant before doing anything via video conferencing Mm. before I even knew what Zoom was. Oh my gosh. We live, laugh, love Zoom. But yeah, that was a struggle for us. Do you hear me? Yeah,
3: for sure. I think it ended up working out quite well because we did do a meeting over Zoom about Tiger King. So it was kind of a fun meeting. I think if we'd done something serious, it probably wouldn't have worked so well over Zoom, but was, doing that, yeah. something that was really culturally relevant at that time, Tiger King was like popping off on social yeah. media. It took over
0: people's lives, eh? Yeah. And
3: hairstyles. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it did. An increase of mullets during <laughs> lockdown.
3: Yeah. yeah. So lockdown was good. But mm-hmm. I do see why some people really struggled with lockdown, especially people who feel isolated in regular day-to-day life when we're not having a lockdown.
1: Yeah. And that Mm. was when we first properly met Shannon, actually.
3: That's right,
0: because Youth Week last year, (laughs) you came on to Kōrero Cafe with one of your awesome representatives. I wanted to throw out some afi there as well, because a lot of our young people found it quite difficult. And connected to that, the youth workers who care for our young people found Mm. it super difficult as well. And Arataui's job during that period of time was to support those epic people who were feeling that disconnect that low engagement, that non-interaction with their young people that they usually were able to support by holding really safe spaces in their workplaces. Mm -hmm. The yearning and the confusion and a lot of that kind of processing and reflection that youth workers had was so important for us to help support and journey alongside. And then in turn, the really beautiful ability for young people to adapt when having something specific to work towards. So Youth Week last year was behind screens. It's a flip change to what we want this year. Like, we're super excited that we can traditionally go out and just be with people in a room that doesn't require some sort of specific meter distance. But last year, these amazing young people still managed to host Kahoot quizzes. They taught me that there was a Netflix watch party. I had no idea what that was. <laughs> and I thought, this is a bit weird. Are you all going to say, go, and then watch the movie from start? No, it's built into Netflix, apparently. They made care packages for people. They found connection and purpose, I think, in what they were doing to support other people, to support their peers, to also support their youth workers who also were struggling. It was just a really reflective moment in time that i want to amplify as well because we need to have moments like that and we need to celebrate them
2: i also think as well it's been a really good lead into what we're now doing so the today around our lived experiences and actually acknowledging our learnings from last year have influenced our progression into this year so when looking at the theme of youth week we're stronger together for us as an organization it was really important to actually look at how can we not only support the people that we connect with, but the wider community under this kaupapa, under Youth Week this year. So from an organisational point of view, developing a resource for anybody to use around accessible events, not only supports the needs for our young people we support as an organisation, but supports service providers, other service participants, it's also around the education of accessibility here in New Zealand as well.
0: Hey, because we talk about mātauranga, but mātauranga doesn't have to sit with one person or one group. Mātauranga in its truest sense is about that kind of sharing, no barriers, living in and experiencing. And the mahi that CC Accessibility Action have done in terms of this accessible event toolkit will allow for our young people to feel resourced and confident with mātauranga, so they can also influence their community, their whānau, their network and recognise how important it is to be inclusive for all.
2: Yeah, and I suppose through that for us as an organisation that was actually taking some of our learnings from last year around isolation and looking at how we can not necessarily eliminate, but minimise isolation for disabled young people.
1: Next question is three things that the classification office could be offering young people. So this is probably a good question for you, Shannon. So I'd facilitate this question
0: because we've heard a little bit about your youth advisory panel and I think also some of the extra facets or work streams that you've been sharing with the wider public is how do young people with accessibility requirements or neurodiversity or other disabilities, how could they engage with your work? That's such a great
3: question. In terms of our youth advisory panel or in our office in general? Probably
0: both. Because we know that just because I look different to another person Mm. or I have something going on in my life that is different to another person's Mm. life doesn't mean that we're not receiving the same
1: weird text message or an odd trolling comment on my Instagram. For us as an office, we're definitely on a journey of being inclusive, especially being a crown entity. We're an extension of the government. And with that, from how government is birth-created, structured, there comes limitations with that, that we have to overcome and are constantly trying to work our way, change culture, change mindset. And I love looking back on where we started with the Youth Advisory Panel in general, because that was, for me, the start of the journey. Working with people who weren't our colleagues and it wasn't one-off consultations, it wasn't tokenistic, it wasn't just going and being like, hey, give us your opinion and that will advise us on what we're going to do, but that will be it. It was, we're inviting you into our space, but we want you to be a part of this wider family and to feel comfortable and feel like you belong here as opposed to you're stepping into the adult's world and pretending to play a part when really they're not doing a whole lot. It's been cool to see from mid-2018, me and Georgia were babies in this world and we had no idea what we were doing, but looking back and evaluating and what you've commented on is building these relationships and these connections. We've seen quite a few of our panel members who started with us at the beginning and they've come straight up and they're at the end of their time with us. It's so emotional and yeah. I feel like a parent to them in a way or a friend to them. We're in their lives in really different ways and it's exciting, mm. terrifying, mm. but super cool that they're about to go off into the world and make an amazing difference. Yeah. And I'm excited to see how we've taken so many steps, but what are our next steps and how mm. can we move from just interacting and engaging with young people and working with young people? It's how do we look at that differently? and be more inclusive to wider New Zealanders, or look at diversity a little bit Mm. different. I'm quite excited by that.
0: It's the youth worker journey, though, giving a lot, but receiving so much more, Mm. and then recognising that there are new spaces that that young person can thrive in that isn't alongside us, but understanding and still connecting with that, and them, and who they have been, and who they will become just absolutely blows my mind, and I feel so humbled to even be part of experiences like that.
1: Yeah. If our main audience is parents or people in government who Mm. listen to this podcast in this kind of lens, how can a community of people better support young
2: people? My challenge is instead of having a seat at the table, the young people should be their own table. And I think that a clear message to any organisation or any entity that works with young people is that offering a seat or being in a position of power to involve young people in your process is one thing, but to acknowledge that young people know what's best for young people and actually creating the space, the opportunities, and making sure that that's led by young people. I think society and how we operate, we aren't accustomed to following that process and not having the faith that the final product or whatever is developed by young people is going to be enough or right or what is best for them. But I think that if spaces like that are created, then the learnings that young people go through is the actual outcome of that whole entire process. And so as an organisation who essentially was never focused on young people to then develop a pathway of incorporating young people within the organisation, that's where we've really been different to other youth organisations. We aren't driving this process. Our young people are driving this process and we're really fortunate to be involved in a passenger on that ride. We absolutely make some decisions. However, we need a consultant before we make those decisions the intent of that whole thing is to make something the young people are facilitating every little component
1: thank you Shannon and Tyler for coming in and hanging out with us it has been so much fun and it has been great celebrating young people with you we hope that everybody listening has enjoyed youth week and this podcast for more information about our youth advisory panel please see our website for more detail